0: We're sharing stories about why cities are great and how they can work better. Your host is Ryan Holywell, and this is The Urban Edge, produced by Rice University's Kinder
1: Institute for Urban Research. That's right, as the man said, my name is Ryan Holywell. I am the senior editor of the Kinder Institute for Urban Research, and we're gonna do something a little bit different on the show today. We're going out of the studio and taking a field trip of sorts you are going to hear about a really important part of Houston that is often overlooked, and that is the port. This place is an economic juggernaut. It's critically important, not just to the economy of Houston, but really to the whole state of Texas. Uh, According to the folks who run the port, somehow or another, the port of Houston contributes about a million jobs uh, to the Texas economy. So you're going to hear from Kinder Institute staff writer Leah Binkovitz about her trip to the port of Houston in just one moment. Before we do that, I want to remind you that you can visit the Urban Edge blog online at Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, UrbanEdge.com. You'll get all sorts of news and analysis about uh, urban issues, cities, what's going on in the public policy world that, uh, that matters to you. Uh, And also be sure to follow us on Twitter, we are at Rice Kinder Inst, that's I-N-S-T, like institute. So here you go, here is Leah Binkovitz's trip to the port of Houston, hope you enjoy it.
2: This is the image of a booming Houston, a revitalized downtown, ample green space, and crowds of young people lining up around the block to try the latest brunch spot. But on Houston's east side, there's a different story of boom. A steady stream of trucks belch their way up and down McCarty Road. In the distance sits Clinton Drive. A drive along there is as close as many Houstonians ever get to the Port of Houston, the economic engine that helps power not only Houston, but much of Texas.
3: I I speak from personal experience. I know that I lived here 15 years before I worked at the Port of Houston, and I knew generally it was somewhere east of Rice Campus, east of downtown. I knew that the east side, of uh, east of downtown, grew up around, you know, some of the beginnings of the Port of Houston. Um, I knew that the Allen brothers had come here.
2: That's Eric Erickson, chief legal officer for the Port of Houston Authority. But we'll get to him later. First, let's take a tour of the ship channel. Or at least part of the ship channel.
3: One. No
0: running is allowed. Go no leaning over the rails. Keep both feet on the decks at all times.
2: We're aboard the Sam Houston, which offers free tours of the port every day except Mondays and Tuesdays. The boat launches from a dock at the end of a long palm tree-lined driveway with a security booth at the entrance. There's little signage and the attendants quickly wave visitors onward. The tour itself is equally minimal. Holding up to 100 passengers, the boat takes visitors on an out-and-back trip. The tour guide provides some history.
0: The original Fort Houston was located in Buffalo Bayou and White Oak Bayou in downtown Houston by the University of Houston downtown. This area is called Atlas Landing, it's now a park. It is the birthplace of the city of Houston.
2: As with so many things in Houston, it was part tragedy, part luck that brought about dramatic change for the waterway. First, the 1900 hurricane decimated Galveston. A year later, Spindletop pillars in the Houston Creation myth. these two events set the stage for a massive project with federal funding. The 52-mile ship channel was dredged and opened for deep water business.
0: First, to the right, that's Valero. This began operations in 1942. will handle 145,000 barrels of oil per day. We'll produce items such as gasoline, jet fuel, and diesel.
2: Valero, Huntsman International, Kinder Morgan. These are the landmarks along the bayou's banks. Norway, Panama, Cyprus. These are the countries whose flags fly on the barges and tankers docked in the port. When people talk about Houston's diversity, they mention the food, the festivals, and the many languages spoken in its schools, but a trip down the ship channel reveals a different diversity.
0: This is the fourth largest city in the United States. port is a 25-mile-long complex of diversified public and private facilities. It is the busiest port in the United States in terms of foreign tonnage, second busiest in the U.S. in terms of overall tonnage. It's ranked 13th in the world.
2: The only sign of Houston I see is the underbelly of the 610 Loop that passes over the ship channel like one of the seagulls flying overhead. Only part of the channel is even inside Houston city limits. Most of it winds its way past cities like Glenda Park, Channelview, and La Porte, and its impact reaches far beyond.
3: Our goal is to increase the market share of, of this region, the maritime market share, which in turn will benefit you know the entire economy. About almost a quarter, a little more than a quarter trillion dollars, $265 billion of economic activity in Texas, 16% of its overall gross domestic products, so to speak, are tied to activities at the Port of Houston. And so that's a real big benefit. in in sheer dollars, but that also translates to over a million, 1.2 million jobs in Texas that are tied to that. Um, And in the last five years, almost 150,000 jobs have been added because of that activity.
2: That's Eric Erickson again. He's the chief legal counsel over at the Port of Houston Authority. He met on Rice University's campus, but he says working at the port gives him a unique view on the city.
3: very lucky to be able to look out my window and see uh, The very active city docks, loading and unloading cargo, for to benefit the region as well as a skyline of city Houston to remind us why we're all here.
2: He's a bit of a history buff. He'll tell you all about the port's development and why Houston's downtown almost wasn't its downtown.
3: Originally, they wanted to to start the city in Harrisburg, which is now where the Port of Houston, you know, its turning basin is located, because they they correctly recognized that to be the head of navigation. Uh, of course, those land titles were in litigation at the time in the 1830s, and so they had to move upstream to where we now consider downtown Houston and Allen's Landing, and that's where they started Allen's. That's where they started the city.
2: But that's still where the ship channel begins, 52 miles from the Gulf of Mexico.
3: And that really is one reason why Houston is here today. We began as a center of trade rather than, you know, oil and gas or other things we think about today. Those weren't there. Originally, we were a center of trade.
2: Slavery propped up cotton and sugar industries in Houston and Galveston, which remained the more dominant port until the hurricane devastated the Gulf Coast city. Those materials would come back as finished goods.
3: Today manufacturing along the ship channel, a lot of it is to make plastic products that are sent overseas, and they come back as consumer goods. So it's really a process that has continued um, you know, unbroken over 150 plus years.
2: In recent years, the bigger size of shipping containers has meant that ports across the globe have had to deepen their channels, including Houston. The expansion of the Panama Canal helped strengthen trade between Asia and Houston, which now accounts for roughly 25 percent of container cargo at the port, up from zero roughly a decade ago. But there's still work to be done renovating the facilities. One thing that makes Houston's port unique is that a portion of the wharfs are still public, meaning they're not owned and operated by a company. When you say that the um, wharfs are public, what exactly does that mean? Okay. Can I go use them? Or? No,
3: you can't. You, Well, interestingly enough, you can't, because after 9-11, they tightened the rules. And at one time, we might see, for example... Uh, a Vietnamese fisher boat at a wharf or something like that. But today they they have to be the kinds of vessels that the that the Coast Guard has approved for entering it. But what what a public wharf really means is it's it's essentially open to all, let's say, qualified comers.
2: The port is part of every Houstonian's life, but for most of us that impact is indirect. For some though, it's more immediate. I'm at Neighbors in Action, a religious nonprofit based in the Port Houston neighborhood. The homes here are modest, situated on snug lots. There are few sidewalks, machine and truck repair shops line the main drag, and low slung bars with no windows dot the area. The neighborhood is overwhelmingly Hispanic, and more than a quarter of the residents live below the poverty line. Over the years, writers have tried to capture its particular brand. Larry McMurtry called McCarty Street the most extraordinary example of Mexican saloon and whorehouse architecture north of the border, and John Nova Lomax, with a nod to McMurtry, described the neighborhood as a blue-collar Mexican neighborhood of wrought iron fences and wood-framed houses and home to what he called the most pedestrian unfriendly intersection in the world at Wayside and Clinton. Each week, mothers in the community gather at Neighbors in Action in a cream-colored two-story house. Catherine, one of the workers there, helps translate. Mm
4: -hmm. A big concern is the train. Um, So uh, she said there are trains on four ends of this, um yeah, of this community. So sometimes, exactly, all around. So sometimes it's hard because, um, for example, you have a doctor's appointment or you have to uh, the, take the kids to school and you're stuck behind the train and, you know, you just get late. So she wonders what happens in case of emergency. Yes. It's a lot of train traffic. You know, I'm German, I love to be on time, but even I get stuck behind the train. And, and and then once you get stuck, it's like 20, 30 minutes.
2: But Neighbors in Action helps. Then there's the school, Port Houston Elementary. The brick building looks a little out of place along McCarty. Mothers walk with their children as 18-wheelers pass by.
4: So she thinks the school is the heart of the community, and um, it's really very important it brings people together. And they have tried to close the school several times, and... She feels if the school closes, it would be the end of this community.
2: Just a couple years ago, the district considered closing Port Houston Elementary School, but school board members and the community pushed back. It's a small school. Almost all of its students are economically disadvantaged, and roughly 70% are English language learners. And though it didn't meet state standards last year, in 2014 it not only met standards but earned four out of six possible distinctions. It's one of the schools where Port of Houston employees volunteer. Many of the mothers say their kids have asthma and blame the traffic and industry in the area. Studies have shown that the area is one of several around the city with elevated rates. Carmen Garcia's kids attended Port Houston Elementary, but she said there was little for them to do in the neighborhood.
1: Port of Houston tiene
2: muchos talentos con nuestros niños, con... Here, she said that the people of Port Houston have talents and dreams from the young to the old, but that the community needs support from the outside. Some of their spouses work in the area, but many travel far distances for construction or other jobs. And if they're undocumented, as one woman's husband is, they often get paid well below minimum wage. Still,
0: Claudia Garcia said
2: things are getting somewhat better. So
4: that's the reason her parents left and moved to Pasadena, because she heard, like, you know, gangs fighting and shooting, and it was really a bad neighborhood. But that now that she's come back, she feels it has um, changed a lot. I mean, we still have some cantinas, and, and, but, but the gang violence is yeah. much better. and um, So she sees a positive change.
2: Still, they feel largely disconnected from the image of Houston as a booming and hip metropolis. Outside, stray dogs stalk the residential side streets, while trucks speed up and down the main drag. School is letting out early today, so the moms trek across lanes of traffic. There's little shade, seagulls can be heard in the distance, and life in Port Houston moves on.
1: It's a really fascinating story about the port. We appreciate Leah taking the time to go out there and speak to the people who live and work in that part of Houston. That's it for the show. Just want to remind you, if you enjoyed that report, go to tinyurl.com/portphotos, and you can see all the great photos that Leah took while she was out there doing her reporting. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at ricekinderinst, and of course, our website is kinderurbanedge.com. Thank you all for listening.